Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Trend the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Will Parkinson, at WillPod11 on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Another episode today, freshly back from Mobile, caught up on some sleep, got a couple good workouts in, so back back to life a little bit. Uh, joined by Connor Hughes of SNY. Connor, how are we doing? Good. To, it was good to spend a couple days down, uh, down in Mobile with you. Yeah, man, it was a blast. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm, I'm yeah. yeah, I'm excited to, uh, excited to have you on. Obviously, normally this is the time of year where we kind of get a little bit of a Jets break and or just in general, if your team's not in the playoffs or in the Super Bowl, obviously, but it's a lot of draft talk, but it's pretty tame, especially, you know, for somebody in your kind of your position where you're like, you know, a lot of folks on the NFL side of things, obviously not a tame week by any means last week. Um, we'll get into a couple of that, those things, and then just look forward to the off season a little bit as we're about a month away here, a couple weeks from the combine month away from things start to really kick off. I guess, What'd you make of last week overall? Uh, pretty, pretty wild week. Uh, you know, obviously in Jetsland, they can never, never have a dull moment. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it was probably only a matter of time that that some of that stuff uh, got out. I mean, look, when when you have a team that's losing, there usually tends to be um, drama circulating around them. And and give credit to to Zach Rosenblatt and Diana Rossini for being able to uncover a, a decent amount of that. I mean, that took a lot of uh, Keones to write that story and and certainly to uh, find the, uh, the 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 people to talk and source and all that all that fun stuff. Um, but I, I do think that this is just an example of winning cures everything and the Jets are not winning. So people are upset and, and unruly. And I'd compare it honestly uh, to the Giants situation with Brian Dable. Brian Dable was coach of the year two years ago. And now one year later, uh, you basically have a situation here where if you read Pat Leonard and Dan Duggan's stories, uh, there was a lot of issues there with the head coach as well. And what was the difference between year one when Dable was coach of the year and year two? He won a lot year one. He didn't win a lot year two. So I think what this does is it just underscores uh, the need for the Jets to start winning football games because it has been far, far, far too long uh, and enough is enough. I, I want to bring up a point. Connor Rogers brought this up uh, last week um, or on Saturday's pod. And I just wanted your thoughts. I, I, we have not talked about this. Salah has not gone to the Senior Bowl since they coached it. Um, yeah. Has not been at the Combine in any of the years I've been there the last three years. I know in a lot of ways you can get a lot done. Look, the All-22 tape, every single drill from the Senior Bowl, from people don't know, if you don't can't travel, um, I know Todd McShay talked about, like, you can get all the tape, right? And and that's fine. Um, senior In the Combine, you can do all these interviews and things like that. And I'm not asking to rip Salah or anything like that, but – I will say when he, when I thought about it and he brought it up, I was like, you know what? It isn't the best look um, when all this heat's going on outside, you know, and you can't control the outside noise. Obviously you haven't won games. You have a top 10 pick. 
and like you're nowhere to be found at a lot of these events where kind of feels like it'd be more beneficial to meet some of these guys in person. You might take 10 overall as opposed to one 25 minute, you know, formal meeting uh, in about six weeks. Uh, I agree with you. I, I, I do. I, I don't think there's a re I, I think when there's what, 28 people that go to the combine and then just a handful of them that don't, that's probably a sign that the 28 are doing it right. But uh, Robert Sala is off the Kyle Shanahan coaching tree and Kyle Shanahan is off the Sean McVay and his dad's coaching tree. And when Sean is not there and Kyle is not there, Robert is not there. Now, uh, if you want to draw some comparisons between them, the Rams win a lot of football games. The 49ers win a lot of football games. The Jets do not win a lot of football games, which is why that finger pointing can come in. Uh, personally, if I was the coach, I would be there. I would want my staff there, but this is just how Robert Sala does things. Uh, he has not changed or varied from that since he became the team's head coach. and He doesn't plan on changing or varying from it at all uh, as long as he is this team's head coach. But, I mean, I'm, I'm with you, Will. I mean, I think that he should be out there. But, I mean, he's not going to do it. And, and it's kind of in his, uh, his belief that he doesn't have to be there. It's, yeah. Basically, the draft, the draft is, is Joe Douglas's show. And, and that's why Joe and his staff are there, uh, with the exception of, of uh, Rex Hogan, obviously. But um, I, I would be surprised a little bit. Uh, or I, I, I'm not surprised he's not going to be there. But it is something that I would if I was him. Yeah, I just think it's an optics thing, and you know all these yeah, other head exactly. coaches talk, and you know his best friend and Matt Lafleur like goes every year, and he he's there, and he's he won three you know three straight thirteen win seasons this year, you know one down year back in the playoffs and, and things like yeah. that. I just think sometimes a lot of your job as a head coach and, and GM and all these different things. Yes, it's that the X's and O's, it's game day prep, it's all these different things. But a lot of it is media, a lot of it is how you handle public perception, a lot of it is the optics of being a good leader and like taking blame and being yeah. out in front is, is a big thing. And I think that's something that the, the article highlighted a lot um, that I, I, you know, I don't know if it'll ever change, but it, at least it's something that, you know, to focus on Rex Hogan was the other big story last week. Mm -hmm. um, look, it, it's not something that happened because the article dropped like that. That's not, no. uh, there, no. that's not a, that's not a thing. I know you, you mentioned that. I, I heard the same thing. It's that's happened weeks ago. That said, kind of curious timing no like a little weird just the, <laughs> i guess it's yeah. unfortunate it was Salah's birthday and the rex gets let go that day but it was a little bit I mean, he's been with the jets for a long time obviously in two different stints yeah look it's 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 just the it's an example of how uh news breaking happens in the nfl i mean this was done for or this was done a little bit ago right after the season ended it just hadn't gotten out and i think a big reason for it is that there is a lot of, I mean, look, Rex Hogan and, and Joe Douglas are very, very good friends. They, they, they didn't want to come out like the Jets fired Rex Hogan. So I think what they were trying to do uh, was probably similar to what they did with Mike LaFleur, which was that he wasn't fired. He left for another opportunity. And then, oh, look, this other opportunity was becoming the Rams offensive coordinator. It was almost like a one and one It wasn't a firing. It was just a lateral move or, or just something along those lines. Uh, I just happened to get a call from somebody when I was at the senior bowl that they had heard that Rex Hogan had been let go. Uh, I then took that to my jets people and was like, uh, is this accurate? Because I also haven't seen Rex anywhere down here. Uh, they confirmed it. And that's when it broke. If I didn't get that call uh, from another team uh, about Rex Hogan and, and the fact that he had heard that Rex Hogan had been let go, the story doesn't get broken. So it was honestly just a very, very weird set of timing where Zach and Diana's story dropped. I got the call from another team that, hey, I just heard down here that Rex Hogan's no longer with the Jets, and then it was broken that moment. I mean, if I had gotten that call a day before, the story breaks. I forget when I broke it, but, like, the story breaks the day before, two days before. I just happened to get the call when I did. Yeah, look, it's it'll be something that 
he's going to get another job. There's, um, Rex had, yeah, I mean, he's yeah, Rex yeah he's beloved. beloved. He's like really just like well liked as a as a person more so than yeah. than anything. Obviously, his ups and downs in terms of whether you think some of the guys you know he may have been responsible for or not, it, it doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, there's yeah. guys that have been far worse at their job uh, that they end up getting jobs. I want to kind of transition to a couple of different things. Rich Smini had an article out yesterday, you know, talking to some different people on Zach Wilson. I know you've talked a bunch about him. I have been pretty steadfast. It's either going to be some type of, you know, I use the Cardinals as an example. The Jets take their sixth rounder and Zach, and they move up in early into the fifth round for, for the Cardinals pick or something, or it's a conditional pick in 25. The quote that I, I think that, you know, of, uh, I would I would trade him for two weeks of a best Western stay. I know people probably get like mad at that stuff and and whatever. That's very much like the conversation that goes on, especially down in Mobile and in Indy, the owners meetings, these different places that that's not, I'm not trying to be a dick here, but like, that's not the craziest comment I've heard on, on some of that stuff. No. What do you, what's your best kind of like, what's the best case for the Jets at this point? You're yeah. obviously not going to cut them, but I also don't know that a lot of teams want to take on another extra five and a half million guaranteed for a guy that I don't know that is QB two a lot of places next year, let that's alone exactly QB three. That's exactly it. So, so you saw the number of quarterbacks that went down around the NFL this year. That has changed the landscape of the backup quarterback position, where I, I do believe you're going to see guys like Gardner Minshew, Jacoby Brissett, these proven backup quarterbacks. It would not surprise me in the slightest for one of them to get a deal that pays them uh, $10 million or more annually per year. It wouldn't surprise me if the Jets end up paying a backup quarterback $10 million or more per year because you saw – the value of it. I mean, Robert Sala said it over and over and over again. The reason why the Jets were out of the playoffs is because of the quarterback and they lost their quarterback and there was no one behind them that could do the job. So Zach Wilson was the backup behind Aaron Rodgers. The Jets lost Aaron Rodgers and Robert Sala himself basically said for that story, it would be a miracle if they were to even win eight games and, and winning seven games was going to be a massive, massive improvement. Well, that's what he believes a guy who has seen Zach Wilson every single day, that's what he believes the team is capable of with Zach Wilson. So if you have another team out there around the NFL, if you're going to bring on Zach Wilson, it still is relatively uncommon for a team to carry three quarterbacks on the 53-man roster. I mean, it's a little bit more common because they've adjusted the rules, but for the most part, you're going to have two on the 53, one on the practice squad, and then elevate as need be. So – how many out there are going to trust Zach Wilson to be their QB too? Because if you're going out there and trading a mid round pick, a third or a fourth round pick, or even a fifth round pick for Zach Wilson, what you're doing is saying this guy at the minimum is going to be our QB two. You're not going to pay your QB three, five and a half million dollars. That's not going to happen. So you start to play the, the game of where does he fit? I find it hard to find a situation where any team legitimately believes that Zach Wilson can be their backup quarterback and quote unquote, save their season. If their starter goes down, because this was an opportunity here with the jets, a team that had improved playmakers, a top a top five, uh, potentially top three defense, given the reins with Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall and Conklin, who's a pretty good player. And he couldn't do it in that situation. And he was benched in that situation. Then he got hurt in that situation. It's not just all on the offensive line. So I just find it hard to see any team that's going to go out there and give up anything of substance because what is Zach Wilson's role? In fact, I'll be honest with you, Will. It wouldn't surprise me if Zach is on somebody's practice squad next year and not on a 53-man roster. If this is something where he's in a camp, undoubted, he's going to be on a a training camp roster, be on one of those 90-man. 
But if at the end of the season, a team cut or at the end of training camp, a team cuts him and puts him on their practice squad to continue to try to develop, because I think that's what Zach Wilson is at this point in his career. He is a, he is a developmental project. He's the wild card. He's the, the, the lottery ticket of just see if you can't squeeze something out of him. But when you look at the film, there are some tantalizing throws where he just has this God-given ability to make some plays. But the mass, the, the majority of what you're looking at, it's just not good enough, in my opinion, to warrant being a QB2 when we see so many quarterback injuries and a team might have to, or a general manager or coach, might have to bet their future uh, on him to save their season. He didn't do it for the Jets this year. I don't know why you'd believe he'd do it for somebody else. So what Rich had written, I mean, that that is what his ceiling is. I, I could see the Jets packaging maybe like Zach and their six to get somebody's fifth or, or Zach and a seven to get somebody's sixth. But aside from that, I, I don't think there's really any chance of them getting a four or a three. And, and I know people will say, oh, Sam Darnold fetched that. Well, when people analyzed Sam Darnold, they said the Jets failed him. They never gave him competent coaching. They never gave him competent playmakers. They never gave him a competent offensive line. They failed him, so he was the unknown. With Zach Wilson, there's three years of tape on him where the Jets gave him not only a young uh, very quality offensive mind to Mike LaFleur. But when that didn't work and Zach Wilson didn't like him, they got rid of him and they brought in Nathaniel Hackett. It failed just the same. They improved the surrounding talent around him. I know there were issues on the offensive line, but there were issues on so many offensive lines across the NFL. And Zach's inability to diagnose pressures and adjust, line, and adjust protections up front was one of the reasons why there were issues up front. Some of the protection um, sacks that they allowed and protection breakdowns they allowed were on Zach Wilson not diagnosing that or just simply holding the ball too long. So the the, the idea that the Jets might go out there and get better than that, I, I just don't see it happening. Yeah, this is the classic example of more tape in this case is a bad thing. Um, mm -hmm. Trey Lance Trey Lance has no tape, right? So in the Cowboys trade form, yeah, there's yeah. no college tape. There's there's one year of college tape and, and in yeah. one game during COVID, there's a bunch of pre-draft stuff. He's a great athlete, Kyle Shanahan. You know, what, it's like you can go on and on. Or, or Sam Darnold's highs with the Jets are really high. Like, he was one yeah. of the – like, that that month stretch, like, you can overplay it all you he want. He's doing it with Rashard Perryman and Denzel yeah, like, Mims. Yeah, like, Sam, Sam doesn't diagnose defenses. Like, we all know that and yeah. whatever. But the natural talent, maybe – even if it's not as good as Zach, like, the stuff on, like, the field was yeah. far better. Um, I, I was pretty cool of Sam yesterday that at least, like, you know, he could take as yeah. many shots at the Jets as he wanted. He's never going to do that. He never did it when he was here, but – it was kind of nice. Like, as much as it sucks, it's nice to hear him kind of be like, you know what? I thought this was going to be with the Jets. It didn't end up happening. Not not throwing haymakers and stuff like that. Um, I wanted to sit on a couple of uh, in-house. wild and, that yeah. they traded him and got immensely worse at the position. It, it doesn't make any that, sense. I think that's like, if you're going to criticize the, the talent acquisition um, of the Jets and all that stuff, it's that they, look, I don't think Sam was ever going to be a Pro Bowl quarterback with the Jets, but they had him in their building and they got rid of him for a player that in hindsight, again, this is hindsight. Like this is, a, I'm, I'm telling you right now, I am operating in hindsight, but I'm also a reporter. I, I'm not paid millions of dollars to analyze NFL talent and decide whether we're going to draft a guy. Player, people in the Jets organization that are paid millions of dollars and, and very handsomely to evaluate the quarterback position and draft the quarterback position looked at Zach and said he has a higher ceiling and is a better player than Sam Darnold. That was one of the lines in their scouting report was, was that Sam Dar uh, Zach Wilson is a better prospect and a better player than Sam Darnold. And if these two players were in the same draft class, we would select Zach Wilson over Sam Darnold. Well, if they were in the same draft class, look, I'm not saying Sam's a world beater, but Sam's a better player than Zach Wilson is. He is. He has, he's, he's, you can make the argument he's better off script. Maybe 
Uh, Zach has a stronger arm, but Sam can still make all the throws. Yes, Sam can't read a defense, but we haven't seen anything that says Zach can read a defense. And, and we saw Sam accomplish more with far less. And if you ask me honestly, hand to God, like knowing what I know now, having seen the years of Sam Darnold with the Jets, now having seen the years with Zach Wilson and the Jets, Sam Darnold with this, with this supporting cast, with this offensive line, with these receivers, with this coaching staff, he's an immensely better player. He is an immensely better player. And that's why there were some within the Jets building who valued Sam over Zach. And, and there were some people in there who wanted to just draft Zach and run it back. Like there were people like that. So it was, uh, it, it, it is alarming that they ended up pulling the trigger and, and getting so substantially worse because I, I do believe that there is a, again, I'm not saying Sam's a world beater, but he's a better player than Zach Wilson is. Yeah, there's a world that better with him. There's a world in which they draft Sewell, Smith, Parsons, well, they Shane. Would have yeah. so they 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 yeah. traded the pick to somebody who got who went and Yeah, got well, they could have gotten what San Francisco, Miami got, and Miami Probably. ended up with Waddle, Chubb, and Jalen Phillips out of that Devontae trade. Smith was a good yeah. player, too. Yeah. That was the guy they loved. Yeah. That they were yeah. trading back. They knew they needed playmakers, so they were going to take Devontae Smith. I remember when uh, I remember McShay and Kuyper was like, oh, the Jets are going to take uh, Devontae, too, and everyone's like, they'd never do that. It's like, well, they actually loved him. Um, yeah. They wouldn't have taken him yeah. there. They wouldn't have taken him at two, but he was the target that they were tra- in the in the alternate reality where the Jets keep Sam and trade back. Uh, they were going to take Devonta Smith. That was the player they were going to take. So I want to look for a couple of different couple of different topics here. I don't want to, you know, obviously we don't know who's going to hit free agency. We don't know a lot of these different things. You know, we talked. We've talked. I've talked that Bryce off a million times in this pod. I don't want to do a five twenty or twenty minute rant on, on Huff. The Jets. The Jets. You know, as an organization didn't handle this the right way. In my opinion, I, I think it was a pretty clear last year was the year to trade him or was to extend him during the season. Should have been able to extend him at some point there, especially the more sacks he got, the more pressures, the price was only going to go up. Um, yep. Now it feels like a situation where, you know, could have had Roger Jones and, and Bryce Huff. And instead you're probably looking at hopefully getting the second best tackle, maybe the third best tackle in this draft and putting all your eggs in a little McDonald basket that, um, I like McDonald. I liked his tape in college. I thought he had a couple of nice moments this year. Generally speaking, he's the same age as Huff, and the tape, frankly, wasn't great this year for a guy that was like a very experienced college player, and you know, and, and whatever. So, um, and also him playing at two thirty-five. I know it's, it's just he's got a he's he talked about it. Got to gain a little weight there. Um, mm-hmm. I, I guess I say bad, all this. It was yeah. a bad pick. Yeah, I guess I say pick. yeah. I say all this to say like. Is there any shot that he's back here, or is it like pretty much at this point? I think unless, it's pretty much yeah, gone. Yeah, and it's just because somebody's going to pay him. And, and look, Will McDonald can turn into a ten sack a year guy. He can. In my opinion, it was still the wrong pick. And the reason why I say that it was still the wrong pick was because what the Jets. And I'm not saying look if the, if if Joe Douglas like I think one Jets drive showed like he didn't like Broderick Jones or or and the main tackles he did like they were never going to be there when they selected the players that were there. Say Flowers, Jordan Addison, JSN. If you want to take JSN out, because I know you could have taken Brian Branch for all that matters at that point. Yeah. Like, oh, but, cool. Now you have like your safety for the next 10 years if you wanted to go yes. that route. But my, my thing with them was that you, you drafted a situational pass rusher on a team that's win now. You drafted a player that is going to still be probably a situational player next year, unless because he's not going to play rundowns. He can only pass rush when you're a win now team. This team is significantly better. If they had taken Jordan Addison and re-signed Bryce Huff, because now you have your pass rusher who's shown he's a 10-sack guy that you home that you home grew and was in there, and you have a receiver. And I've argued with people in the Jets building about this. And I've stated my case because they've said, oh, this is hindsight when I said Will's the wrong pick. 
this is hindsight, this is hindsight, this is hindsight. I literally sent them the clip that I did from SNY, um, SNY's draft show right after they had selected Will McDonald, saying, yeah, look, this guy is, is a pass rusher. The Jets believe they can develop him. They have guys like Carl Lawson, who's probably not going to be here next year. Uh, but this is a win-now team. They should have gone with an offensive lineman or a receiver. And there were receivers there. That, look, if Addison turned out to be a bum and Flowers turned out to be a bum and these guys all stunk, okay, yeah, Will McDonald's the better pick. But guess what? Addison looks like a star. Flowers looks – I know he had some bugaboos in the playoff game against the Chiefs. He looks like a star. And there's a lot to like there with JSN. And you're, we're now going into this offseason where we're saying you hope Will McDonald develops into the player that Bryce Huff is. Oh, and by the way, the Jets need to go out there and find a compliment to Garrett Wilson. How good does this team look if your pass rush is re-signing Bryce Huff and your wide receivers are Garrett Wilson on one side and Jordan Addison or Zay Flowers on the other side? Then all you're looking for is a slot because McCall Hardman blew up in your face, right? And, and the argument is like, oh, well, we signed Alan Zard. You only signed Alan Zard because he was boys with Aaron Rodgers and you wanted to have a familiar face there. That's all. That's the only reason they signed Alan Lazard, and, and everybody knew that, which is why the price was gone, was was driven up quite a bit. But it's just it it it's it's that mishap. And I know that look, when Robert Sala came over here, you saw what the Niners did, where it was constantly drafting defensive linemen, even when they didn't really need defensive linemen. But this was an obvious situation where there were players there that even me, and again, I um, I am not Connor Rogers, I am not the draft guy. But I sat there and said to myself, you know, Addison, JSN, and Zay Flowers, they look pretty good there in the first round if all the offensive tackles are gone. And they go with another pass rusher who now, like I said, the film as a rookie, it was not very good. There were a couple plays, but it was not very good. And you didn't need him because you already had Bryce Huff in the building who you could have re-signed at a discount midway through the season. Or at the minimum, you could have given him a, a, a franchise tag this year and worked on something long-term as a guy who has proven to be ridiculously productive wasn't it over 20 quarterback hits the 10 sacks and that was playing less than 45 percent of the defensive snaps yeah that's they're... what he was doing he put up those numbers and, and it says not just like the sacks kind of came up this year like that was the big change this year but the quarterback hits and the pass rush production have been there the last two so you've had a player who, who finally got the sacks but has always been wildly productive who you could have kept in-house and paid and then also made your team better by drafting a receiver that to me if you want to criticize the drafting and you want to criticize the the what they should have done. Zach Wilson, honestly, picking Zach Wilson, that's not where I want to go because it was there in theory. Everyone thought, okay, look, Sam hasn't done it. Zach Wilson is a really high theory. To criticize the Zach Wilson pick at number two, that is truly looking at this in hindsight. But on draft night, after they picked Will McDonald, everyone looked around and said they probably should have gone with an offensive lineman or a receiver. And the offensive linemen were gone, so it was they should have gone with a receiver. And the three receivers that went after the Jets selected, the three main ones, all of those players look like, with Addison, a good player with the other two potential stars, and the Jets could have had him, and instead they took a pass rusher who was inactive at portions this year. A first-round pick who wasn't at a point where he could even be active on game day. That was just – it was a ball dropping. It was a legitimate ball dropping. Yeah, it, it's just – there's just been some decisions here where it feels like, hey, this is the biggest thing, and this is what I want to hit on and kind of finish up here is a lot of the Jets – best moves have been plan A has worked, right? Rogers, mm -hmm. obviously we've only seen you know, four plays, whatever. It doesn't matter. Obviously there's something you can do about that. Plan A, Sauce, you know, Garrett Wilson, like their plan Bs are pretty good and, and Stingley and, and, you know, Drake London, but it doesn't really matter. It's like those guys, you know, no matter what, that was a draft that like he really couldn't, he really couldn't fuck that draft up if we're being honest. Um, yeah. Or, you know, taking Jermaine at 10, whatever it was going to be. That draft aside, 
it feels like a lot of plan A and free agency. Like they love DJ Reed. You were all over that. Like that was great, right? DJ Reed was plan A at corner. Boom, you get him. Or, um, you know, I'm going through some of these things. They want to like it and like it didn't necessarily, it hasn't necessarily worked. But again, Lakin, I give him, I give him slack for on Lakin. Yeah, he's about just, a guy who he's is just same regressed. scheme, Pro Bowl player, always healthy. And he came to the Jets despite being in the same scheme and staying healthy. And he's playing as a, as a fringe starter, more like a backup like that. Yeah. And and the Jets are still scratching their heads back. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. It doesn't make sense. And look, I think he's a guy that like with better left tackle play and more consistent center play should be better. But again, whatever. That's like, I'm not going to beat them up on that. It's the, yeah. it's the plan A's of like a plan B of like last year receiver, clearly an issue right to start the year. And obviously in hindsight, the Jets clearly didn't give, really give a shit about trying to make the playoffs. It was just trying to tread water, but you know, Devont, the Devonte leaks right after the trade deadline. The um, you know, oh, the Jets are going to go after this X, Y, and Z, and if they don't get their guy, it feels like Plan B is just a mess. And that's something that this you know, the Will McDonald pick, they clearly wanted to trade back or not take. Like it, it, they were on the board forever. It was like, who are we? Gonna, what are we going to do here? Yeah. Uh, this off season, I guess this is transitioning to this, and we'll finish here. Is Plan A seems like, oh, Bersetic, we'll back up quarterback, we'll sign on Wenu from the Patriots, he'll play guard, play ABT, a tackle, boom, that they're young, we'll get Devontae, or we'll get, you know, Calvin Ridley, those are all our plan A's, we're going to be awesome, Rodgers is healthy, like, all this in theory sounds good, and I'm going to list you off of who, like, my best guess of just right now, you tell me if I'm crazy, but that's great, that all sounds awesome, Olu falls to you in the draft, you're pumped, what happens when that probably all doesn't happen, let's be realistic, that's not all going to happen, um, do you pivot to Jonah Williams and just say like, let's sell the team on a guy that's been an underperforming former first round pick. Do you try to sell yourself on, you know, MVS and, and trading for something like, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's where my, my concern is going into the year. Cause there's a really strong world in which you even get good Rogers and that type of off season happens. Jets. You still, you feel really good about them. Similar to what you talked about last off season. There's also the scenario where this, that doesn't happen. And, and I think that's my big concern is like, you got to be really aggressive with plan A and like the stick to your number thing and all these different things. Sure. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I'm going to list no, you basically my, yeah. this is, I'm fascinated to see how Joe Douglas operates this off season because like you said, he's always had that number, but no one spends quite like a GM who believes he's in hot water. And, yeah. Because and if it doesn't just, go well, they don't have to pay for it. Correct. And, and Joe, uh, and Robert and this entire staff are all very, very aware that this is do or die, that, that Woody Johnson decided to give them a chance to see this through with Aaron Rodgers. If it does not work, everyone's getting fired. They are going to blow this up and they're going to restart. And that's just not, not uh, Joe and, and Robert, like Aaron's probably out here too. And then Aaron said that to us at his uh, baggy day press conference where he basically said, this is, this is do or die. We realize that everyone realizes that this is do or die for all of us. Um, my concern, and I, I've said this since the very end, uh, since the very end of the season, we went into this, the jets are operating. And, and from talking to people in there, it's almost like, all right guys, but they are operating as if 90% of their problems are rectified. As soon as Aaron Rodgers gets back, we just need a couple pieces on the offensive line and another receiver. And we're good. And, Will, you know this, that there comes a time where even the best defense in the NFL eventually regress. It happens. It is very, very, very rare. We're, we're kind of seeing it in San Francisco right now, if we're being honest. Correct. They've kind of sucked this playoffs, but yes. the offense has been good enough in second halves. Yes. It is, it is very, very common for a defense to regress. It is very, very rare 
that you experienced three plus consecutive years of dominance. It would not surprise me, even though the Jets are bringing the vast majority of their starters back, for this defense to trickle down to the middle of the road, just because that is usually what happens around the NFL. It happened with the Legion of Boom. It's happening with the 49ers. It happens with every single great defense. It is very, very rare to have consistent, the Rams, it is very, very rare to have consistent, continual, year-after-year success in the NFL. I would be worried that this defense regresses some, too. You need another receiver. Where is that receiver coming from? You mentioned MVS. That is, I can, I can see the press conference now trying to sell that to the fan base when everyone thinks they're getting Mike Evans. He had the, he had the clutch playoff uh, thing, right? Like yeah. that, he doesn't drop the ball 100%. ever. 100%. Devontae Adams, Mike Evans, and, and, uh, and, and T. Higgins. Well, T. Higgins is probably going to get a franchise tag. I'll believe Mike Evans is leaving the Bucks when I see that. And then it sounds very much like Adams is going to remain in o- Oakland, in Las Vegas now because Antonio Pierce is the coach. They've got Cliff Kingsbury, and it seems like they're trying to reload, not rebuild. So where is the receiver coming from, too? Joe Douglas has had Joe Douglas and the staff have had five years to rebuild this offensive line. And while I don't fault their theory and I don't fault what their mindset was in terms of Makai Becton, they drafted the offensive lineman. Joe Tipman, they draft the center. They signed the free agents, whether it was George Fant, Morgan Moses, um, uh, uh, Tomlinson, Tomlinson, Tomlinson Brown, yeah. like this, yeah, they, they drafted short, fourth round guys. Like, yeah, they've done it. Max Mitchell, Carter Warren, like they have invested resources in the offensive line. It's not like this was Mike McCagnan who literally went into a season once without a center, like without a center, he went into a season once. I'm not talking about that. They've put the resources in. The problem is that they haven't put them in the right places. And now you're just supposed to believe that the same guys who haven't been able to build an offensive line in five years are going to do it in a few months. Like that, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I was very optimistic on the Jets going into last year. I thought they were going to make a legitimate run. I didn't think they were going to be a Super Bowl team yet, but they thought they were going to be a, make a legitimate run. I have serious concerns about this team going into next year because it is, as much as I think Aaron Rodgers is a stud, he is a 40-year-old quarterback who's coming off back-to-back seasons that were plagued by injuries. A thumb the year, his final year in Green Bay, that the Jets said that was the reason for his struggles. Then a popped Achilles, which, by the way, was the exact same calf that he injured in, in uh, OTAs and minicamp. So you have a quarterback that has issues. You have a defense that is probably going to regress because statistically and historically, that's what the numbers say is going to happen. And then you were going in needing these major pieces and I don't necessarily know where they're going to get those major pieces. Also, okay, fine, draft an offensive lineman in the first round. How, fit, how many offensive linemen who are drafted in the first round play like first-round caliber offensive linemen in year one? We didn't see it from Penny Sewell. Sewell wasn't even good his first year. Makai Beckton wasn't good his first year. Like, there are a number of players who were drafted, even if they, Andrew Thomas, one of the best offensive linemen in the entire, entire NFL, was terrible his first year. So the immediate acclamation of – Star year one. I see my computer monitors out behind me. The immediate acclamation of star year one or drafted year one to playing and performing year two or year in year one, it doesn't always happen. So you're going to need to find free agents. Good offensive tackles don't hit free agency. Even if you kick, even if you kick Elijah Vera Tucker to right tackle, you're looking for a right guard. They signed Lakin Thompson. That hasn't worked. They signed Greg Van Roten. That hasn't worked. But it's, it's, I have legitimate, very real concerns about the Jets next year. And the fact that they're just going into this offseason thinking Rodgers is back, add a couple pieces, we're good. I, I, maybe that's just trying to uh, lessen the masses and, and calm people down. But in my opinion, there are significantly more concerns with this team going into this year 
than people are talking about and that people are discussing and that people maybe want to believe just because they see what Aaron Rodgers is going down. What Aaron, look, the Jets are a better team this past year with Aaron. By the way, their schedule is harder too, but they were a better team last year when Aaron Rodgers went down. But Aaron Rodgers going down exposed legitimate fundamental flaws with this team that maybe he would have been able to mask, but eventually they were going to catch up to the Jets in crunch time. And those flaws, I don't necessarily know if they are all going to be fixed in one year. And, and again, this is also relative on getting these starters in and keeping them healthy, which is a problem that the Jets have had seemingly as long as I've been covering this team dating back to 2014 uh, over the course of three or four different regimes. So, Will, that's, that's my, my worry about this is that, yeah, you can say you want to fix the Jets, you want to make the Jets a legitimate Super Bowl contender, say uh, Vera Tucker's playing right tackle, you need a right guard, you need a new left tackle, you need a new uh, receiver. But getting those pieces is so much easier said than done because the Jets have been saying they've needed this the last five years and they still don't have it. Right? So that that's my that's my biggest concern. And and this little bit of a cavalier attitude of like, don't worry, we've got it. And and it's like, do you? Because you haven't had it yet. You really haven't. Yeah, no, I'm gonna finish with this. I put this out. And actually I'm shocked. I, I put it out on Twitter, I was like, best guess based on like what I've heard and a lot, you know, a lot of stuff. MBS is something I've heard as well, and that's yeah. where I'm like, ugh. Yeah, I, I've talked about this a bunch. Um, and just people I've heard kind of best guess talking to other teams and stuff like that who might shake free. I said, best guess post senior bowl. This is the Jets starting offense. If all things go according to plan, Rogers, Hall, Wilson, Ridley, Lazard in the third round or fourth round receiver, third or fourth round receiver, Conklin, and then Fashanu, Tomlinson, Aaron Brewer. I've heard a bunch. Um, Tennessee yeah. Titans center. You play Titman and Guard in that sense, or Runyon from the Packers to play Titman at center and ABT at right tackle. And I got a lot of like, no, that's not good enough. I'm like, dude, if that happens, that's like kind of almost best case scenario for them outside of like, you know, I don't know. I was just like, I was a little shocked. So um, I, I I don't know. I feel like to me personally, that'd be a pretty big win if you figure out how to get like Fashanu and Ridley and another yeah. quality receiver like Jalen Polk or whatever from Washington, something like that. Like, dude, I don't know. I, I couldn't, I was just really shocked at like the pushback there of like, Everyone's in love with Fulaga now because he got mocked by Daniel Jeremiah, and that's what happens. Um, just relax with the mock drafts, guys. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, that's that's kind of where I'm at now. I, the MVS thing, like, look, if MVS is your fourth receiver, fine. Like, whatever. That's fine. Yeah, He's you your have deep... that with Lazard. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, it's like. Paying, paying $11 million to a guy in Lazard who, at his peak, is probably a number three or number four option on a good team. Yeah. Like, that was that was a bad sign. That yeah, and like Cobb, I give him, I give him a lot of slack with Cobb. The guy's a veteran signing who, yeah. And honestly, Cobb had a few plays this year. I know Cobb sucked. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah. The two of their biggest wins, like he had huge plays. So I'm just gonna say, like, at the end of the day, a million and a half dollar signing who they benched. Yeah. Like, who cares? Like that. That's not the guy. That's not the guys you, you give him slack for the Dalvin Cooks, the Lazards of the world, where you brought them in for one reason, and the second Rogers went down, they instantly just sucked, and they made it way too much money. Like, no offense, keeping Dalvin Cook with a three hundred thousand dollar a game active roster bonus that long yeah but why <laughs> i don't it was <laughs> whatever yeah, <laughs> the whole thing it was it was a, a cluster you know what and and it was it failed for a myriad of reasons and and i think one of the biggest i mean again rogers is the easy crutch to fall back on is oh we lost rogers and and that was the thing that was said throughout the building over and over and over again was what did you expect we lost rogers what did you expect we lost rogers we lost rogers we lost rogers yada 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 okay but a lot of teams lost their quarterbacks and they didn't completely go in the tank for it. They tried to figure out a way to do it. And I remember like the, the comparison, I've, I've said this out loud and I, I think I've said this maybe on Jets class or, or just different points of SMY or, or different podcasts is that I remember talking to Adam Gase 
his final year with the Jets and, and even second to last year, 2019. That roster was terrible, Will. I mean, it was it was absolutely horrible. And this is not saying Adam Gase was the best coach in the world who got a raw deal with the Jets. But I remember speaking to him and and he would he would talk about everything that was going wrong. And 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 it was. It was very, very routinely players running wrong routes. The Jets offensive line could never figure out how to pick up a stunt. Like it was just a disaster. Guys dropping passes, guys doing the wrong thing, the quarterback and Sam making the wrong Because they didn't have enough dogs. Yeah, yeah. Play designed to go right deep, and Sam's looking left for some reason. And I remember being like, "Man, it's just a bad football team. Like it's a, it's a. They have no talent. They need better players." But the thing with Adam is that he would always turn it back around. Is he would show you what was going wrong, and then like immediately basically start slamming the table. Like I, what I, I need to figure out is how can I connect to these guys better? How uh, my message and my scheme is not getting through. I have to figure out how to connect. How do I connect with Robbie better? How do I connect with Rashad better? How do I connect with these players so they can see it, understand it, and then go out there on the field and do it? It was always about that me. How do I figure it out? This, lately, it's not that. It's a lot of talking and stressing about what we don't have, who's not here, who's doing things wrong, and who needs to come here in order for us to fix this. Very rarely is it the thumb instead of the index finger. And, and that's always been very alarming to me this year. And I think that needs to change if the Jets truly want to turn it around. Yeah, that was that was the biggest part of the article. I talked a lot about this on Wednesday or Thursday last week, talking about senior bowl guys, obviously. But biggest thing was, like, excuses happen. The Yankees – this is, like, a whole aside, and this happens in every sport. It's not just the Jets. But the Yankees did this last year. Oh, Aaron Judge got hurt. So the whole – like, dude – $280 million payroll. Like I don't really want to hear that one guy getting hurt in a team sport and Rogers gets hurt. Your Super Bowl aspirations were over, but the Jets are the third highest cash spend in the NFL last year. Like yeah. no offense. I, I'm sorry that like seven wins, the Bengals went four and two without Burrow at the end of the year in the hardest yeah. division of football. And Jake Browning, who literally couldn't make an NFL roster for five years. Shout out to uh shout out to my boy, Dan Pitcher, getting the quarterbacks coached up. Um, but look at, at the end of the day, the excuse making is over. And yeah. I'm not trying to light a fire. Like at the end of the day, it's not about ripping them or praising them, whatever. They've done some really nice things. They've done some really yeah. shitty things. End of the day, win football games and nobody cares. And, and I think it. Yep. that's it. That's all people should care about this offseason. How can we win more games? Not how do we sell tickets? Not how do we do anything? Like yeah. how do we win football games? Because in New York, you see it with the Knicks right now more than anybody. You see it with the Yankees, you see it with the Mets, whatever. It doesn't matter. These teams are good. It's the best environment in sports to win in. When it's bad, Guess what? People don't buy tickets if you're going to win four games a year. Like, that's just the reality of it. So, um, obviously, appreciate hopping on. I know, you know, uh, we have a bunch of stuff, obviously, as we start to get into the offseason here. And, and Connor does break a lot of stories for uh, for the, for the <laughs> yeah. Jets. The Jets beat doesn't break stories. Sure. Um, but, no, obviously, appreciate having, uh, having you on. And, and, obviously, I'll see you in, uh, in India in a couple of weeks. 100%, buddy. I appreciate you.